Episode 6. This is the tale of northern defectors that fought and at times died for the preservation of slavery during the Civil War. Confederates? In my Connecticut? It's more common than you think. You're listening to Curious Connecticut. Sorry, right. I was count, give you count a me off. Count me off. Give me a count. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Hello, Connecticut and surrounding states. Hello, Connecticut and New England and America and Canada and the rest of the world. If you're and listening, and three percent of our listeners from Ireland. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Kaden. No, you're appreciating me from across the pond. Thank you to our listeners that aren't in America. We appreciate you most. Yeah. Thanks for learning a little bit of Connecticut history about our tiny little state that a lot of people think is insignificant, but is actually pretty significant in a number of ways. It's pretty dang cool, and I'm not even from here. Yeah, you're supposed to hate us. You know, they accepted me, so. (laughs) Nine months of the year I live in Connecticut, so that's what happens. All right. Declare residency. I might have to. Anyway. Nonetheless, we're talking about a little bit of Connecticut history. Not a lot of people know this, but Connecticut was actually instrumental to the turn and victory of the Union during the Civil War. I mean, people do know we were part of the Union, but generally when people think of the Civil War, they kind of just think like the important states were, I don't even know, to be honest, I guess Massachusetts and Virginia New York well, are the ones Virgin- that come to my mind. I mean, the thing is, Connecticut was actually instrumental in both the war effort through um, weapons and clothing and stuff like that, but they also oh, for sure. brought a ton of recruits from the states. And, fun fact, one of the three African-American units was from Connecticut. So, so there's a 54th Massachusetts, which is the most famous African-American regiment That's the in one the Civil the, um, War. Is that the one, the movie? Yeah, the movie Glo- yeah, with my boy, um, what's it? Matthew um, Broderick. Yes, Matthew Broderick. And Denzel. What a great actor. Yes. Denzel. Denzel. Anyway. What a great guy. I, I don't know them personally. Connecticut's, I just, I'm a fan. Connecticut's history with the Civil War is one that people don't know about. What's less known about Connecticut is that there were actually quite a many Connecticut residents that fought for the Confederacy during the Civil War. Even huh, on a bigger picture. Even in the bigger picture, Thousands of Northerners fought for this for the Confederacy during the Civil War. Hmm. So, so this episode is actually on Confederate monuments and Confederate troops that fought against their home state in the Civil War. If you travel to Eastern Connecticut and land in Yantic Cemetery in Norwich, it's like any other cemetery. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't recommend just uh, ending up in Norwich, but Don't, um. Let's but, say uh, you're wandering around the cemetery. It's like any other cemetery. <laughs> Stones yeah. lined up. It has that that picturesque kind of setup where it's more of an arboretum than just a cemetery. There are beautiful trees, ponds, probably a lily pad or two. I've never been there, but you know what I mean. 
Yeah, if you actually, if you, a quick Google search, the first image that they have for it is actually really beautiful. You'd think it's more of a park than a cemetery if there weren't all those gravestones, obviously. But let's say you delve deeper and go to the oldest corner where the gravestones are weathered and mossy. You're going to see something that you've never seen before. Most Something of you might not expect to see. Most of us, when you see American flags put in the ground next to a gravestone, that is a marker that these people fought in our military and served our, their country. But if you go to the unnamed corner of Yantic Cemetery in Norwich, Connecticut, you will find graves with a Confederate flag stuck in the ground next to them, signaling these people fought for the Confederacy. But who are these people? You know what I mean? Who are these people who would take up arms against their home state? And it's more common than you think. Hmm. Let's find out. Let's jump into it. This episode is on Confederate Monuments in Connecticut. So in Yantic Cemetery, when you go down there, there's actually a gravestone with a Confederate flag next to it, which is surprising. You know, before I did this research on Northern Confederates, I really didn't have any idea how big the anti-unionist sentiment was up here. I mean, I'm from, I'm a Yankee. I'm from Massachusetts. That's unheard of, but it's actually something that's a huge thing that just happened. Tons of people, actually, if you go into, if you read To Live and Die in Dixie, Native Northerners Who Fought for the Confederacy by David Ross Zimring, a, um, a journalist and writer, he actually discovered that over 35, 350,000 Native Northerners moved to the South in 1860. So right when the Civil War started, wow. there was a great flight of Northerners to go to the South. So this isn't just... And considering that... This isn't even... And considering that this isn't a coincidence. This is right when the war starts. These people are willingly choosing to move to the seceding states. And there's actually... Yeah, and I mean, back then, the population of the... Sorry. Back then, the population of the country was a lot smaller than it is now. So 350,000 was actually a pretty significant portion. Like, that's no small group of people. I mean, even now, like, that number, that's a lot of... That's a a pretty significant number of people. Yeah. Imagine just, like, a third of the people on your street just leaving, you know? Yeah. It's shocking. And these were were native-born northerners. People from Maine. People from New Jersey. People from... Indiana, people from Iowa. Yankees just... born and raised. Wait, did Indiana exist? Yes, it That's did. a dumb question. So they, so they fled the Union to fight for the South. And the circumstances hmm. of which is actually really, really interesting. So before we talk about those people, we're going to talk about the specific person in Connecticut. So there's a young... Well, there's a man named Francis Adams Goddard, who was a Confederate soldier who was from Connecticut. So he fought, he was born in 1836 in July and died in 1884. So he survived the war. He lived for a good 15 years after the war ended. Wow. Yeah. um, Hmm. Good, Good for him. So when the war broke out, he enlisted in the Confederate Army to fight for the 3rd Alabama Regiment interesting you know 
Very interesting. And which is surprising as as um, a historian named Dale Plummer discovered that the rest of his family were actually ardent abolitionists. They were heavily against the against the, the uh, against slavery. Open against slavery. People tend to look past the idea that not everyone was in support of emancipation abolition of slavery most people were somewhere in between and a lot of people a lot of people really don't notice that there was most of the north wasn't just on board to emancipate the slaves you know what i mean so the fact that the chosen son of a of a huge lineage of abolitionists abandons his home state abandons his family's like namesake of being abolitionists to fight for the preservation of slavery which let me backtrack if you think that the civil war was fought over anything other than slavery you're wrong slavery is a huge part slavery is probably <laughs> the biggest reason why the why the war was fought let's not let's not let's not play ourselves okay so actually his he had e- even family members that fought for the north like his, uh, his one of his close family members named Alfred Goddard, who was a lieutenant in the 8th Connecticut Regiment, they're buried near each other, but they fought for different sides. So he willingly left his home and what he known to preserve slavery. That's surprising. That's a big deal. And the fact that, that yeah. family members are preserving his legacy as someone who fought for the preservation of slavery is crazy. I mean, even now when I'm around town, when I'm, when I'm riding around Connecticut, Rhode Island, and Massachusetts, and I see a Confederate flag flying, I, I'm is a shocking thing now. But imagine seeing one in a cemetery, memorializing that aspect, is shocking. And the thing is, that's one person that's recognized for his service for the Confederacy. But I'm sure there are hundreds, even thousands of people buried up here all over the north that fought for the confederacy and and their their actions in one of the bloodiest wars in american history they slipped quietly into the night moved back to their towns and many of these people did and many of these people who fought for for tennessee or fought for for georgia or alabama when when they were born in new hampshire or vermont they moved back to their towns they didn't stay in the south they quietly moved back to their to their way of life. And that's the most shocking part of it. Know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Very shocking. Because, you know, even though they fought for the South, they didn't stay down there. They just... The North was their home, even though they didn't support it when they probably needed the support the most. And the director of the New England Civil War Museum in Vernon, Connecticut, he said that it's not unusual to have southern sympathizers in these big families many people were actually pro-south many people up there were actually pro-slavery and connecticut surprisingly was very divided many people are unaware of the significant number of northern men who fought for the confederate army so like i said before these guys quietly returned back to their towns There wasn't much record keeping, but you can probably guesstimate thousands 
of these people fought for the Confederacy. Actually, there are more Confederate soldiers buried in Connecticut. One named John Shea, who is from Pocatuck. Do you know where Pocatuck is? I've heard of it before. I have no idea where it is, though, if I'm going to be honest. Well, there's a Confederate soldier named John Shea, who's buried in St. Michael's Old Cemetery, who was a soldier for the 10th Tennessee Regiment. But this guy has an interesting backstory. He wasn't from America. He wasn't born in America, but he moved to America before the war and lived in Tennessee. And then after the war, he moved back to Connecticut. So this is just another example of Confederate soldiers being memorialized in, in Connecticut, which is really surprising and shocking. And the thing is, these men, when they died, was it, there was no, there was no, many of them didn't actually mention the fact that they fought for the Confederate States of America. And there's a grave. There's actually one of the most shocking things. I keep saying shocking, but this is really blowing me, blowing my hair back. <laughs> um, is there's actually a Confederate memorial in New London, Connecticut. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that for a second. A Confederate major general named Gustavus Woodson Smith is buried in Cedar Grove Cemetery in New London, which my twin would probably know where that is. He was born in Kentucky. You know what I mean? But moved to the North post-war. So I think back then, I feel like a lot, like the anti-Confederacy sentiment, I guess wasn't as, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess people could just... people could just move back to their normal ways of life after the war, no matter what side they fought on. Hmm. And so he was one, he is the most highly decorated Confederate soldier buried in Connecticut. And it's incredibly mind-blowing that he is memorialized in, in New London. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And people who live in Connecticut actually decorate his grave with Confederate flags. He's a rallying point for Confederate sympathizers even now. It's incredible. Yeah. Because because what that flag represents now, people I know people go around arguing that the Confederate flag is a symbol of heritage and historical prevalence, but it doesn't mean that anymore. It means something much darker. It woven into the fabric of that flag is is centuries of 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 racism and bigotry and violence against people and it's it's crazy to say that it doesn't represent it and we hear nowadays that these confederate monuments are being torn down for good reason and it's shocking to think about how there are still memorials to these people up here in one of the most yankee states you can think of up here thousands of miles hundreds of miles away from the Confederate States of America. So his grave is actually adorned with a gigantic monu- uh, obelisk. You know what an obelisk is, right? Yeah, Those the big, big tower. tall pointy thingy. Next to it, his grave even term. says General Confederate States of America. 
and people celebrate the the side that he fought on even up here and it's silly to think that people don't feel that way now just pockets of them so uh, this is just a brief mini episode on confederate monuments in connecticut and it's just a, just a little tidbit of things that you wouldn't expect something that you will might stumble upon and just have no idea what you think of them so that's just what this mini episode's about um that's all i got what do you think Vic? anything else nothing to add nothing to add you've been listening to curious connecticut This episode was written, performed, and produced by Victoria Asphalt and Maxwell Nordeman. A big thank you to Mary Mahoney, and a big thank you to Brooke Agro for her, her logo design. You've been listening to Curious Connecticut. It's haunted.